0: From the OGS Studios in Miami, Florida, it's the Obsolete Gamer Show. I
1: always wear a long sleeve. Like, if you watch any of my tournaments, I always wear a long sleeve, and I would just pull up the right sleeve a little bit so I could rest my forearm on the mouse. Basically, the reason why I kept a long sleeve on was because it kept me warm. Um, so that helped me a ton, you know, in tournaments. Like when you get cold, you start getting slow, you get nervous. Like yeah. you look at athletes, they wear, they wear warmups all the time before they get on the field because they want to be warm and loose. So in professional gaming, you're not really ever building up your blood pressure that much unless you're actually in a match because of just nerves and so forth. But I want to be warm, I want to be fluid. I want to be shooting my shots that I need to shoot. So I'm always basically trying to be in a up, you know, or be warm. I don't want to be cold. And uh, so those were some of my few tricks I used to not be getting nervous in tournaments, and, and they worked. So it was, uh, you know, I didn't care if it was 90 degrees. I was wearing a fleece. Welcome to the Obsolete Gamer Show. I am your host, Jay Rock, And there's one thing that we love to do, and that is to talk to people who have done awesome things. And there's one thing that you should know. Regardless of what you've seen with the Uncharted movie, we are talking to the real Nathan J- and that is Ryan Culver. He is the true man of mystery, international adventurer, and we are glad to have him here with us. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan, for coming on and talking to us again, because he was on our original podcast, so we are happy to have him on our video edition of our series. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Hey, man, thanks for, thanks for, that's quite an introduction. I'll have to see if I can live up to that, that, uh, that mysterious introduction that you gave me.
1: No, it's true. Come on, I mean, I, only before when we talked, you know, I mean, you traveling all over the world and doing the adventure thing. I yeah. mean, I mean that that's just awesome. But um, you know, just for maybe the people that don't know, and they should definitely uh, do know. One of the reasons that I first learned about you, even before uh, knowing about the other acting um, things that you've been in is that uh the commercial that you did for uh, Sony uh yeah. where you played Nathan Drake um yeah, right. can you just take us through that about um, you know how you how you went ba- uh, how you got that in the beginning <laughs> one's on me. Um, But you remember what we did to Zeus that one time? Let's finish this.
0: Rated T for Team. PlayStation. Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, in the beginning, I didn't know anything about the, the character. I didn't know anything about the game. And that was just another another appointment that I had in town and I went in and I met the directors and producers of that job uh, a couple times actually they had shot the the really uh, popular one the year before that included a lot of the other gamers and the Michael spot that everybody was really familiar with uh, for for Sony and they went back and they wanted to do something a little bit more for the all-star battle royale and do the similar thing where they were they wanted to take that job uh, that commercial, but they wanted to turn it into something that was a little bit more action-oriented. So they picked a couple of the different really popular games, and they put that spot together. And I went in, and I met them, and, uh, you know, things <laughs> things kind of worked out uh, well. I didn't know anything about the game going in, so when I went in and met them, they just had us uh, sort of improv. I didn't know anything about Kratos either, so they said, well, you're fighting this eight- or nine-foot-tall, big, huge blue guy with a really angry... Uh, look on his face. I thought, well, I thought, well, well, you know, this happens every day to me, so this is no big deal. I, 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 <laughs> and he's a god of war too. I live, I live in Venice, California, man. I see that, I see that every day. So, so we went through that process, and and uh, it was actually a few weeks uh, getting that whole thing uh, under under So I was here in LA doing some work, and then they called up and they said, hey, we want you to fly to Prague. And we're gonna we're gonna shoot this job. So I went and met the rest of the cast and crew over in Prague, and we spent uh, a week there, you know, filming that filming that job. It was a great job too. I mean, the guys were really great, uh, and and we worked a lot along. Obviously, you know, you can tell that thing takes place at night. You know, it's dark, so we were sleeping during the day and shooting all night, and and it was a it was a lot of a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun too, a lot of.
1: And that was the thing, like, um, one of the things I really like is in, in the gaming industry, they're not doing it cheap. I mean, even back in the day, in the, in the 80s, yeah, some of it had a little bit of the cheesy feel. But even back then, they took the time to put the production uh, together. And back when we did the gamer profile, you know, we put the uh, video so that people could see the work that you did. And, you know, it looks really well. And of course, I mean, you looked apart, and that's why I was saying. I mean, I consider you the real Nathan Drake because I mean, you did a really good job, and that's of course, you know, a tribute to your performance. But also, they, the production uh, that they put together looked really well. Um, you know, since you being in a lot of uh, productions yourself, I mean, would you agree that everything they put together, uh, having it in Prague, um, the set, everything that they did, was it really well done in your opinion?
0: Yeah, and there was, it was top-notch the whole way through. Those guys, uh, and, and the way it works a lot of times in foreign productions is you'll end up with about a half of an American crew that will fly over that will handle the job along with the director. The main, uh, the main creative team will usually be that American, but they'll fill in the rest of the crew with a local crew from that country. So half of our crew was from the Czech Republic. They were, they were from that area. And they were incredibly talented. I mean, all of the, uh, especially a lot of the, the makeup and hair and wardrobe people who were putting together the look for all of the characters, just based on pictures, reference from the games. So they, not a, not a lot of them didn't have any prior knowledge, but they really came and stepped up their game. They were really talented. Everybody was really talented. Um, in fact, the actor who plays Kratos is actually he's from that area, so he's cast. Even the year before, he was the same actor who was in the Michael spot, and he was cast in that area. They shot that out there as well. So it's just you're really lucky to be able to show up at a place that I think some people probably wouldn't think that it has a lot of talent for the industry. And you show up there, and you have these people who are not just really willing to work, but they're really, really talented. And that was, I mean, that, that makes all the difference in the world. And I have... Uh, you know, I have some pictures and stills and things like that from set from, from that shoot. And you can just see. You can even see just looking at the pictures, how, how professional, how well put together, how organized everything was on the set. So, and it had to be. We had safety issues to worry about. We had a really tight shooting schedule to worry about. And no, none of us even really felt any of that pressure because everything was running like a well-oiled machine there. So it was a, it was a real pleasure to be part of that project.
1: Now, I know that in the the previous podcast you talked about how um, you did you know a lot of research by looking at uh, the actual gameplay videos where they they stream together all yeah. the the movies and stuff like that, um, and you learned uh, about the characters and things like that. And since then, did you do any more uh, gameplay? Did you ever get in, into any more of Uncharted? Or, and also, I, h- how do you feel about you know what they've been doing since then and, and with the, the pending movie? Have you kept up with
0: You it? know, I've kept up with it. And uh, it's, you know, that film, if and when it happens, I hope it's not, if, I hope it's just when, so when they can kind of get everything put together. It looks like it's starting to move forward again. It's been up and down and back and forth in in the industry with different um, actors attached and different uh, directors and and trying to come together on a script and everything else. And you know, that's typical in in this town is trying to figure out who's going to make it, who's going to pay for it, (laughs) what what the story is actually going to be. And I don't... You know, the storyline for me, uh, when I did the original research and I was watching those gameplay movies, I think you just need to get a couple, you know, a few actors, point a camera uh, in the same way that they shot the thing for the game and and make a movie. I think you'd have a really successful franchise if you did it that way. Uh, It's not always a way it's going to get done, um, and I will certainly keep my nose in there with everybody else who's probably vying. There's many other people vying for to be a part of that project when it does come down in, in Hollywood. Uh, but I'll definitely be in the mix um, and it'll that's, a, that's something that's a little bit more out of my control but I'm going to do everything I can to be part of that project. I'll, I'll scrap with the rest of them uh, to get in there and be part of it because I think it's a really it's, it's kind of I feel like it, again I think I may have mentioned this in the podcast you know I really feel like this is where the interaction gaming and filmmaking is, is coming together that way. I mean you have the gaming industry looking to filmmakers to understand how to better encapsulate the storytelling process inside the games and you have that. You see that when you watch the the animation in the games now that helps to tell the story. These are beautifully shot, very cinemagraphically uh, uh, complex shots that you're seeing inside a video game and a lot of them originated in filmmaking and now You've got filmmakers looking to games to, to try to match a lot of these amazing shots that are being created solely in the computer, and because they can only be created in the computer, you've got these guys in Hollywood now going, well, "Wait a minute! This would be awesome if we could have that shot in a live-action film." So to be able to take a big video game franchise like this, with all its complexity and its and its beauty, and bring it to a live-action screen, I think you're you, you really, that's a fantastic ride, and I, you know, I can imagine that anybody, everybody wants to be a part of it, including me, so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be around that process as it, as it continues to unfold.
1: And I think that what's great about it is it creates a, a, a great dynamic, and it brings a lot of things together, because what's interesting about something like Uncharted, and it ha- kind of crosses over, a lot of people makes a parallel to something like, um, Indiana Jones, where you have that adventure and exploration aspect of it, where you go to strange lands and you have the treasure hunting, you have the action, you have the adventure. And there are people who will watch something like a Discovery Channel where it's like you're learning about the Mayans or you're going to learn about ancient Egyptians. And people just want to see something new, something ancient, something And then you have the action aspect, you have the romance, you know, you have the adventure. And, I mean, that's something that you know about just in your other job where you, you know, you take <laughs> yeah. people and, and you show them and, you you know, people pay you to go to places and you have all these adventures. And that's why in the beginning I said, you know, a- adventurer. I mean, you even said so on your Twitter. So it's not like I'm really embellishing. It's true. All right. You're so, not
0: making it up. No, that's true. So, I mean, yeah.
1: tell people a little bit about that other aspect because, I mean, this is you as well I mean you are an adventurer so I mean yeah. it's sports you you take people around I mean this is you right
0: Well yeah that's um, and that's again you know when I, when I talked to the guys the producing team for Sony and PlayStation about the, the original job when we shot it I you know they asked me to share a little bit about who I was as a person and what I did and I think that's maybe one of the things that kind of turned them on to, to having me around. But, yeah, I mean, I've I've had an adventurous lifestyle for most of my life, uh, just starting out with extreme sports, rock climbing and skydiving, things like that. But uh, now, as a pilot, I spend a lot of time when I'm not in town working. I, I head around uh, different parts of the world. And what I uh, have a company with a couple business partners, and what our company does is we fly small people's private, like general aviation aircraft, like small turboprop aircraft things like that around the world so we oftentimes will end up delivering someone's aircraft for them so what I'll do is I'll jump in a plane and I'll take off over uh, well I just got back from China actually I think you and I were talking trying to coordinate when we could sit down and I was I was stuck in these small islands in the middle of the Pacific for a number of weeks and then I uh, finally made it over across Japan and into China and was stuck there for a little while before I finally made it home so that is always an adventure uh, I'm landing in places I mean there's literally <laughs> if you go if you and the viewers go to if you google go to Google Earth and you go in and zoom into a small island in the middle of the Pacific called Majuro Atoll it's in the Marshall Islands M A J U R O Majuro Atoll go look at that thing on Google Maps first of all you got to find it on Google Maps <laughs> and you zoom in and it's a tiny little atoll so basically it's it's a tiny little strip of earth It's poking up uh, like a ring of Earth. It's poking up in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's tiny. And then you find out that there's a runway on on that. And you zoom in and you zoom in and you zoom in and you you keep zooming in on the thing until you finally see on the very southern edge of this thing, they basically flattened part of the... the, It's not even an island. It's literally a ring of small land that's... they, They have one road on the whole island because that's all that you can fit on there. It's a small little ring so that's all you have room for. And they basically flattened part of the southern atoll and paved a runway. So I have video actually of me landing coming into to land there and you do. You turn into the final approach to the runway and there's water on both sides of you and a tiny little strip of land in front of you to land on. So that kind of stuff is what, I mean, that's what I love, you know, getting out, exploring the world in places that a lot of people, my guess is a lot of people, will probably never visit that place. I mean, the majority of people will never ever set foot there. Uh, a good majority of people may never visit the ice caps in Greenland, the small glacier areas that I've landed in these remote runways in the middle of uh, Greenland, in these fjords. That you're literally landing on a runway on the edge of a water bank that's facing a giant iceberg, a big glacier that's moving toward. It's they're incredible, and I say that not many people may visit. My hope is that more people will get out and go explore the world that way, right. because what I've learned in being out and in traveling is that the world is you can't National Geographic and, and Discovery Channel. Even movies like this, you know, games and movies, they help ex- help people understand a little bit more of what's out there. But, man, you cannot experience it. You cannot know until you go out and see what it's really like and you, you stand in that place and you breathe that air and you meet the people. You know, that's a, that's a thing that I've really come to understand is that people and even in video games you know how many people you meet when you're working your way through the structure of a video game you come in contact with all these people especially more and more now in games these games travel the world you go to all these different uh, areas you meet people from all over the world different cultures and you have these conversations and you learn more about the people well when you go and you travel you really get an an idea for the rest of humanity the rest of the world and I think in the end honestly I think in the end even games like uncharted I think somebody like Nathan Drake has hes – he's got a great sense of humor. He's got a great wit. He's definitely got a big set of cojones. And he just moves out in the world and, and, and goes and finds – he's got a passion and he's driving towards something. But I don't think a guy like that can get through the life that he has without having a good understanding of the people because he travels all over the world. And you have to be able to get along with those people. You have to be able to understand them. You have to be able to communicate with them in some way. And I think that's a good – I think that's a good message, you know. Get out there and explore the world. See more of it. Get out and go meet those people who you don't see except for on the news or something like that, which, you know. And you I learn? think
1: that's that's one thing that's interesting because um, I think that there can sometimes be a difference between someone maybe being an, uh, thinking of an adventure or someone who might swoop in and um, like do something like a cave dive or jump out of a plane, or do a quick exploration, and maybe um, you know just do that with the party that they bring in, and then maybe do um, actually meet with the people. And I remember in the podcast uh, you talked about how uh, you went to um, I think it was in uh, India, and you were on the train and you know, you were talking about how people were climbing on the train and then you went to a town, and you were playing soccer with, with the children mm-hmm. and you know they they haven't they never really saw like uh, a Caucasian American before and it was like you you interacted with the people. Um, yeah. so it's like it's different to actually be there and actually talk with people and not just, you know, swoop in with the group you were with and then swoop out. Yeah. Um, you know, did yeah, well, you have like more experience with that where you actually you know, we got to meet with the people and had like a real, you know, close knit experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. You know, I I love jumping out of planes. I've base jumped off bridges. I've uh, I've I've spelunked into caves and swam with you know scuba dive with sharks. So I dig all that stuff. I dig all of it. I mean, I and I I continue to explore and push my own limits that way. But what I found, I mean, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that those guys, those kids in, and this was that was actually in, uh, it was in Africa, it was in, it was in Morocco, it was in the Medinas in Morocco, so we went into these little Medinas, these cities in Morocco, and you're walking around and you are, you're meeting people who don't encounter a whole lot of, especially in these small areas, they don't encounter a whole lot of white people, you know, from, from the U.S., so they're really intrigued, equally I'm intrigued by them, and you know you mentioned those kids I played soccer with I have a picture hanging on my bedroom wall of me with those kids I'm holding one of them in my arms and the rest of them are standing around We get the soccer ball there and that's that's what I have hanging on my wall with a lot of other stuff from around the world but that's one of the pictures I have because in the end I can jump out of airplanes and you know base jump out of uh you know off of bridges and everything else but in the end it's the people it's 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 people around the world its the human contact that you have that I that I find in in all my travels over the years is the most important part of uh, of my journey you know honestly when I'm out flying these planes around the world you know I'm in I'm sometimes in these small planes filled with gas I mean we, we, we retrofit these small planes and take out the interiors and we put these huge metal gas tanks in there so you're literally sitting in a pilot seat surrounded by fuel you're Oh, you're, pretty much, you're pretty much flying a, 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 a bomb. That's pretty much what it is. It's a big flying bomb. Uh, so I'm in there a lot, a lot of times, most of the time by myself for long periods of time as I'm over the Pacific, and then I'll land, or, or Atlantic, whatever. I'll, I'll land, and that's the best part of the thing is the interaction after 14 or 15 hours in the seat. You land, and you get to get out and interact with people because every time, because I travel such great distances at one time, every time I land, I'm in a different country, a different part of the world, a whole different culture, different languages sometimes. So you you don't really have much if you're there by yourself the entire time, you know? I mean, there's definitely times to take off and go have solitude, and I get plenty of that as well. But in the end, when you travel, my experience in, anyway is that when you travel, you want to be with people. You want to be around people. You want to be able to interact and learn more because that's how you really get, I think, a, get a real appreciation for for what this world's about, like what it has to offer, which again, even back taking it back to the gaming is exactly what Nathan Drake is is doing. There's no way he gets through all the trials and tribulations that he has to get through and discovers what he needs to find if he's just by himself and he never has help from anybody else.
1: There's gotta have been some really awesome places. Um, uh, speaking of you know that solitary part, there must have been some awesome places you visited where you just stood there and you're just like, you know taking a picture, you know, like either a glacier or a waterfall or a mountain and you're just like, holy cow, I'm standing here and this is incredible. I mean, how many of those have you been at where you're just like, this is incredible?
0: Oh man, you know, uh, more than I can count and I, uh, I count my lucky stars, I'm thankful every time, you know, I get to head out and go have another adventure like that. Because I don't, I mean, I really don't take it for granted. Uh, I really appreciate those times, and I st- I do. That's why I have those times where I can stand, and whether it's standing up north, staring at the, the northern lights, you know, the aurora borealis up north, and watching those things play all over the sky. Uh, in fact, I just, I spent some time in uh, Saipan, in, in the Mariana Islands on this last trip, and I there's a cave, a, a well-known cave on the island that Saipan was well known during World War II, especially for a lot of the really horrific battles that took place there between the US and Japanese and Korean forces that were battling for control of that island during the war. So of course when you go there and you stand in the middle of the jungle, you can almost still you can still feel the the, the weight of of that. You can then who who died uh in that place it, it's it's a really weird energy that you feel when you walk there and I imagine it's like that for a lot of people who travel to these places around the world but I remember there's a cave there and the cave was at, the cave was actually closed they it was a a, long, a while back it was a open to the general public you can kinda of walk into the edge of the cave and and get in there and and look around a little bit it was closed, so they weren't really allowing anybody in there so of course <laughs> of course I, I get back into the jungle and I kind of sneak around the side and I, I find my way into the cave on my own um, but I get down into the cave and there's an old rickety ladder that's I think the people that were in the cave uh, before um, had had built and, and set down in so you could get down into the main area of the cave and then climb down and get into this cave and there were no lights in there I mean there wasn't you weren't supposed to have anybody in there so I actually ran back out to the car that I had with me. Grabbed my headlamp I ran back into the cave, and then I climbed down that that ladder into the pitch black. I didn't even know it was down there, so so I climbed down and I get down to the floor of this of this thing, and I'm standing down there and it's pitch black down there and there's a tiny little ray of light coming in from the opening up above, and it's dead quiet. You know, there's nobody around, and I stood in there knowing that a lot of the, especially at the end of that war, a lot of the Japanese soldiers that were on the island that were that was being overrun by a lot of the uh, allied forces were hiding in this cave, basically waiting to die. They, they, were, they were kind of trapped. They were hiding in, in fear of their lives, and they had gone down into this cave. So, you know, I see, you know, you go up and you see these huge majestic things like the Northern Lights up near Greenland, and they're very awe-inspiring. But at the same time, I have these experiences like this, standing in this cave, feeling the weight of all of these people that were in there before, and it's amazing, and it's got its own beauty. But it's also it also helps, I think, instill you with this sense of of wonder in a different way, where you realize how amazing this planet is, and and how much there is to go explore when you get out and go do these things, and to try to take everything in. It isn't just about looking at the pretty painting, the pretty picture, the ideal thing that you see on a postcard. It's getting into the real humanity of it, the realness of where you travel, where you where you uh, where you um, where you explore, and realizing that there's beauty in in all of it. There's amazingness in all of it, and that's one of the reasons why I keep going out and exploring. Because every time I go out. Even if I plan a trip, I plan a destination, I plan on what I'm going to do, I always end up finding something that comes along spontaneously that throws me for a loop. And my journals that I journal that I've journaled with for years as I travel, all of the best, most memorable experiences I have were all they were all things that I did that I didn't expect to do. They' were all spontaneous experiences. So part of that is is just get out just get out and go do something different. You know what I mean? I mean, even if you live in a city, go up to uh, go up to a different part of the city that you don't normally go to. Just see what's going on over there. You know? Oh, yeah.
1: adventure doesn't have to always be across the world. It can no, be No, 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 not at like, all.
0: Three feet out of your house. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I mean, you can have you can if you have the it really what it is, man, it's it's a mindset. It is. It's a mindset of wanting to go explore. And part of exploring is just being open to uh, being open to, open to meeting new people, you know, that's an exploration. Like I said, you can go across town and explore the other part of the city, and you are exploring. You're seeing something different. You're meeting new people. You just have to be open to it, and that's part of, you know, honestly, not to digress into a whole another topic, but part of I think the 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 issue that we run into where, where people are so prejudiced against other people around the world. Is because they just simply don't understand. They may listen to a TV show or the news or something else that's telling them what's going on over there. But I can promise you, what you hear over here about what's going on in the rest of the world is completely different than what you experience if you actually will go over there and see for yourself. Because we, we, uh, we end up getting I, we get downloads of stuff here that are given to us by other people's experiences. And your experience, if you go over there, is going to be completely different you're going to have your own experience. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you just are. So I think it would open a lot of people's eyes up if we get more and more people out traveling and exploring the world. And I, I, again, you don't have to leave the U.S. even to do that, but I think a lot of times it's great if you can, if you have that capability or the ability to take off and go for some, some adventures outside of the country that you live in, then it really opens your eyes. It opens your eyes a lot. And I say that also because even staying at home here in Venice, California, It's a huge tourist destination for people from all over the world. So over the years, I've met thousands and thousands of people from all over the world. Just down here at at my local beach, just being down there, hanging out, working out, running on the beach, I meet people from all over the world and talk to them all the time. And they're all out seeing things for themselves, which... I... Honestly,
1: it makes sense too if you think about it, because if you if you think about in the past where there was less communications, people stayed mainly in their own neighborhoods. There was a lot more prejudice, and then you expand out and you meet more people. You, even online as you started to meet more people. You know, you play games with more and more people. Yeah, you may have people say things just to get a rise out of you. But there was less and less actual prejudice. You get together with all these people that you meet and you play games with, and you're not actually prejudiced. You know, you may rib each other and say things, but you're less prejudiced. But then you have the global stage, and you may say, "Oh, those people over there are X." But then if you actually went and meet these people, you're like, "Wait a minute, they're not like how I saw them on this newscast or read about them on X." But right. that's what you have. You have to keep yeah. going and expanding.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and look what happens too, man. You know, you have, back back in the, the old days, I mean, you have it a little bit here, but it's slowly moving out and moving out. You have people who are, you're completely separate by, by race or nationality, and that's who you marry. You only marry within that certain small little group of people. And nowadays, you got people across uh, across nationalities and across races who are inter intermingling and intermarrying. So you end up with these, the like even the kids from these these marriages are a mix of all these different places of the world, all these different cultures. So you know even in in a few more generations, I think the world in general is going to have a just a it's going to be much more of a melting pot of people. Where you're just by the nature of who your family is because of this side this side come together for these people, you're going to have people who are going to develop an understanding of a culture or a race of people. That they're sitting or being able to get along with, and I think that's just that's kind of where it seems that we're going. So, it seems inevitable to me. And why not get a jump on it now? Why not get out there right now, get a jump on that, and go out and start meeting people around the world and uh, and experience what their life is about? Because you know what, we're all human at the end of the day, man. That's all we got. <laughs> so,
1: now as far as you know, the experiences that you have, um, that it must have made it easier. To do things that just would cause other people to be either nervous or shy. I mean, you know, just as far as even doing auditions and things like that. Your experiences is as far as doing extreme sports, as far as going out and doing adventures. It's just as far as even like doing interviews. You know, I guess pulling the curtain back Uh, in the in the past. You know, going and doing uh, an interview, it would have been nervous for some people. But after you interview people for a while, you become less nervous at at doing right. it. So the same, I would assume, apply for you. Going for even further, would you say that because of doing, uh, you know, your adventures or extreme sports, has that helped you in some of your roles? Um, other things that you have done, has it made it easier to do uh, certain acting roles? I would assume like uh, when you, uh, you know, played even uh, Nathan Drake, even though you weren't doing uh, that many speaking or things like that, just the fact that you've done action things before in your actual day job, you know, per se, uh, would you say that that gave you more of a, uh, you know, a leg up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, one of the things that that uh, a lifestyle like that sort of, bre- I don't know if it breeds it into you or you have to have it before you choose to do stuff like that in life. It's its a general fearlessness, so like you're talking about going out for, going on meetings and meeting people and doing interviews and those sort of things that, uh, yeah, I, I think they make some people nervous, and I get nervous from time to time, depending on the job that I'm doing. Uh, I, I've I've played roles that, uh, you know, I, I sit back and I, I go, you know I' I'm kind of terrified of what what I have to do here I really don't understand you know this character of what's happening um, or it's a little bit scary in terms of what it means in terms of like being a real person and having to uh, let you know real emotion or real feeling out and uh, it's, it makes you kind of vulnerable you know and I've kind of grown up as a as a guy you know it's like out running around you know you know climbing mountains and stuff so having that that the other part of that where you you try to like break some of those walls down and actually be vulnerable uh, to these characters for for a part part of that is that general fearlessness of being an adventure person like well you know I I was nervous the first time I you know jumped off a bridge uh, with a parachute on but if you don't ever push yourself to us to a certain place and everybody's different I mean everybody has different limits but that general sense of I know that there's something at the other side of that, so why not just jump in? So I think that sense of adventure carries over into other roles and, and acting and everything else. Anytime I go do, do anything, it's uh, uh, I, I I sit down with that. And again, every time I fly a plane, I mean every time I roll onto the runway with a plane, and you know these planes, they're kind of the way I told you they're they're configured where the center of gravity and the weight is much greater than what they they are normally supposed to fly at. So they're very delicate machines to fly it the way we fly them. So every time I I pull onto a runway and throw the throttles forward, I'm thinking, all right, is this is this thing actually going to fly when I get to the end of the runway? You know, so I have to come to terms with that too when I'm when I'm when I'm doing that job. So all most of the aspects of my life uh lead me down a path of trying to approach fear or uncertainty and figuring out a way to to move through it, you know. But I still get scared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it? Is it more like? Is there ever like a fear of like actually doing auditions itself, or is that at this point with all the different work you've done, is it's just like, hey, I'm just going in and it's just no? Awkward. I'm
0: terrified. I'm terrified of it. I am a. I am. I am probably the world's worst auditioner. I. I am. I have. I. I'm just. I'm really bad at it. That's. That's. Uh. And I did. And. You can work on it. I mean, there are some people. I have plenty of friends who can, they seem to have no problem with it. I, I am awful, man. I am just the worst. When I go into meetings, it's just, it's like a train wreck. I am a mess when I go into those meetings. So when I, I find that I have the most fun when I meet a collaborative group of people that I can shoot a project with and kind of come together from the beginning and work on that project and develop it. When I go in to meet on a, on a brand new thing that I don't know, know anything about, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's sad. It's just sad. It's just it's not the, it's not really a pleasant experience. But uh, again, um, you know, in this industry, in, in the in the business that that I'm in in Hollywood, it's kind of part of the game. So I've I have gotten better. I mean, I have become um more comfortable with my uncomfortability, I guess you know, over the years, um, but it's never been easy. I I don't know if that it ever will be easy for me. Uh, when I when I work the jobs, when I when I do the job, when I get to go out and, and uh, actually be part of it, then I feel much more comfortable. I feel like I'm part of that family, and I feel like I get to create and be creative with everybody else who's part of that project. But but yeah, the, the meetings suck for me. They they just do. Some people love them, man. I hate them. They suck. So, uh,
1: last time when we talked i didn't really get to uh go through this and uh just want to quickly go through a couple a couple of these because um these these were shows that um you know I watched um you know uh, a lot back in the day, and and I was looking through uh, your IMDb page. So I just wanted to ask Boy. you briefly about this. <laughs> so like just starting back in two thousand one with with Spin City because I I like that show yeah. and I saw, saw that you you were on that. So I mean, what what was that like? Because one one of the things I watched a, a documentary and and there were actors uh, talking about that, and, and and one of the things that I I found interesting was because um, I, I go to school. Uh, um, for for film production and there's people in there who want to be directors, writers, and people want to be actors as well. And one of the things that the professor was talking about is is that a lot of people have this idea that um, that a lot of especially actors that every uh, especially young ones everyone thinks oh I have to be you know superstar millionaire you know, or bust and if they don't have that you know, it's a failure, and then they give up. And then the documentary that, that I saw on, on Netflix was called um, That Thing That He Was In, or, or The Thing That They Were In, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And they were, and it was talking about how there were actors that were prominent that have been in hundreds of mm-hmm. uh, shows, and it was great. I mean, I knew every person there, and I've seen them hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were just talking about how the challenges of coming on to a show, you know, maybe they were there one episode, two episode, and, you know, but it's a challenge because you're not the main cast, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's it's great to still be on there. So I was just curious about that that aspect of, you know, you're on a, a show that is, you know, going to be on there for many seasons, but mm-hmm. you're just there for maybe an episode or two.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a um, – a lot of people will describe it as a pretty tough, uh, one of the harder parts of, of – one of the harder roles to play are these small roles that kind of end up showing up on a show like that for an episode or two. And you kind of, like you said, you got to step in and try to come up to the speed. The entire cast and crew who's part of the show regularly, is they have a rhythm. They're kind of like a train that's moving, and you got to try to run along the side of the train and jump on while it's going, and then work at the pace that they're working at and kind of keep everything up. So that's part of, I mean, that's part of the job, but it does, it can present a challenge, especially if you have a like the Spin City role was a small role that that was actually my one of my very first acting jobs when I first came to Los Angeles. I shot that in 2000, and I had only been in LA for two and a half months when uh, when I got that job. And it uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, I even remember on the job the, uh Richard Kind, uh, one of the actors on the show, I remember standing just off of this, and that's a you know that show was sh- shot in front of a live studio audience, so. We were on, uh, it was taping night, we were taping the show and the audience was out there and I was standing off in the wings sort of in the dark watching one of the other scenes and, and all of a sudden this guy just kind of like moves up next to me and in his voice he's like, well, what do you think? Are you having a good time? <laughs> and I was like, you know, and, and, here I, and here I am showing up in L.A. to do this show, a show that I had watched for many seasons before as well, you know. Uh, and had seen him and, and liked him, and there he is standing next to me, you know, having a conversation with me while we're both getting ready to go shoot a scene together. So that was a pretty surreal experience. But yeah, showing up into those um, those casts and crews that have been together for a while can can be a little bit daunting. You got to just show up and have your act together, literally, and, uh, and 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 do your work. So it can be it can be a, a little bit. Um, more fun sometimes when you're on a show that you know is already going that's already popular you know because you know that there's a sort of an ease about the way everybody works and uh, and I found that I found that in a number of different shows that I've worked on where you, you get on you know many seasons into the show and they kind of have a routine so you just kind of show up and you follow in the routine and you do your thing you know
1: and the next show that, that I, I uh, watched a little bit of not a lot uh, uh, but was charmed. And uh, th- that show was interesting just because of the witches aspect and, and, and the actresses that was on there. So uh, what, what was that, that like working on that show? Yeah,
0: yeah it was funny because uh, the – and it has a big following. You're right. It has sort of a kind of a cult following that show does. There's a lot of extra websites and places that you can – that people log a lot of the information about the show and talk about the show when it was on. And, yeah, that was interesting. That I went and shot that show on a day – when the actress that I was working with uh on screen was pregnant, not on the show, but she was pregnant in real life. She was having a, a baby, so they were trying to minimize her time on set so she and I met and talked briefly, but she and I actually shot the work that we did the scene that we shot together we weren't together, so they shot they turned the camera on her they shot her stuff, and then she took off and went and laid da- laid down again because she was tired all the time from being pregnant oh, so, man. Uh, so uh, that's just another example. That's just a typical thing that happens a lot of times, you know, when we shoot these jobs, where one of the other actors won't be there when you're actually having a conversation with somebody, and the camera's on you. You may not even they might may not even be across from you when you're talking to them. So that presents its own set of challenges, but yeah, it was fun. It was a it was a fun job.
1: Now, what was interesting uh, about the next one, NCIS, is that in in from what I'm seeing, in one you you were playing a, a named character, and in the second one it was uncredited. So, in the second one, was it just a, a character where it was like kind of like a? <laughs> yeah. he didn't have an actual yeah, role. It was, actually,
0: it was actually the other way around. The first episode that I shot was was uncredited. It was just a. It was a military guy. You know, I was just a guy. Um. Uh. I don't even know. I, I was. I think I was an MP. I think I was a one of the military police on the show. But that was a result of meeting the casting director and the crew and everybody else on the first job when I had when I had booked the first episode to go shoot that. Um, I just, you know, I got along with everybody and it, we worked really well. So they had me back to read uh, in a different season for another character because the character uh, wasn't, it, there wasn't. I guess they determined that there wasn't enough damage that could be done by the same actor playing two different roles because the role, the first role, was small enough that and it wasn't pivotal to the story, so that I could show up in a couple seasons down the road in a different character and have it be uh, something else. So that's what happened. They asked me back uh, to read for a different character uh, a couple years later, and I ended up going and shooting that episode, which ended up being a pretty intense episode. That was the season finale where one of the main characters who had been on the show for a long time ended up. Dying, and that was the prelude you know that that's that episode that i shot was the prelude to that entire thing happening so not to ruin that for anybody who hasn't seen that season of ncis <laughs> yeah, sorry. sorry spoiler but actually if you haven't seen it by now i don't know you I, you must not be a fan because that show's been around for a long time yeah there's
1: a time. of limitations on spoilers yeah
0: i think so right i feel okay i don't feel as bad now <laughs>
1: And and I mean, of course, you you've done a lot of work in between. So I mean, I'm just going over the uh, oh, oh, you know, just picking out, just picking and choosing. Uh, yeah,
0: well, but, a lot of those a lot of those TV shows are things. You know, those are interspersed throughout the years, and a lot of the other projects are smaller films and little projects that I do on either on my own. You know, uh, that's just kind of the way this. Business here works, especially since I have a couple different jobs. I come in in, t- in town and I'll work on something, and then I'll leave town again for a while, and then come back. So,
1: and I, I, I'm picking this one uh, hot in Cleveland because you know it's it's recent, so I want to talk about something recent, yeah. and also being down here in in Miami, um, you know, especially with LeBron you know, uh, going back to that uh, godforsaken town. So, I mean, you, you, if you could tell us a little bit about Cleveland. And while you do, I'm going to burn this LeBron jersey while you do it. So, oh,
0: wow. <laughs> no.
1: there,
0: wow. There is no love lost over there in Miami. Wow. All right. No, I'm just kidding. But uh,
1: right. actually, I, I like that show. And I, I, was, I was looking at the, uh, you know, your um, on your Twitter page. And I saw that you uh, you actually uh, got to meet uh, miss Betty white and, I, and that's all that's awesome that,
0: that, a, that was that? A career, that was a career highlight to be honest with you uh, I have loved that woman for so many years and now I was uh, not to date myself too much but you know I was a kid I um, I'd watch Mary Tyler Moore show and the Golden Girls and those shows like especially with my mom growing up as a kid she'd have that show on all the time and Betty white was now she's a little bit older than my mom in fact that woman is ninety. She's now 92. She's wow. 91, 92 years old and still going. And she's she's amazing. Still rocking and rolling. She's really funny, too. She doesn't need a lot of help to land those jokes on the show. She's still coming up. She's still incredibly witty. She's an amazing woman. But she always reminded me of a little bit older version of my mom, sort of that that innocent, gentle, like 50s mom kind of way that Betty White is where she comes across really... Like sarcastic and sometimes sadistic in the way that she is, but her joke—she comes across the way she presents it is so innocent. You can't help but love that woman and everything that she does. And I do—I love her dearly. We had a chance to talk for a little bit while I was on set shooting, and she is just—I think she's everything that somebody would imagine her to be. She's just the kindest, gentlest woman, and—and and that it really was. I. They took a couple pictures together and spent some time talking and it really it was it was amazing. There were that particular episode had a couple other really fantastic guest stars uh in the, in the episode as well, some really beautiful women. And I think it was funny because there's a, a a bunch of really attractive uh young women walking around set and I'm doing the best I can to move through all of them so I can get over and talk to Betty White for a while, <laughs> you know, sit down on the couch and talk with her. Um but she is amazing. She was amazing. Every actually, that entire I, I was able to. Uh, I had some friends on another sitcom for a number of years that I would go and visit on the set from time to time, and some of the producers of that sitcom were also the producers on Hot in Cleveland. So it was a good opportunity, sort of a small reunion for me too, because when I got uh, back on set, we you know we were able to reconnect and talk a little bit. And that was that was a lot of fun because it felt like I was going back to see a little bit of family there, which was a. And thats they're a really, really fun cast and crew. Just a lot of fun. And again, you're back in front of a live studio audience, which is becoming more rare in Hollywood these days. So many things are shot on their own now. So it was fun to be back in that element again. I started it on stage in theater when I was a young kid, so that's kind of where I've always gone back to. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like doing theater, just with some cameras around.
1: <laughs> now, I know that you said that... Um... You know, with uh, before that, uh, you know, you you do, you know, you grew up and you did play games, but of course, with everything else that you're doing, especially with uh, acting, uh, with your pilot business, with adventure sports, you know, it's not like you get to play a lot of games. But uh, is there? Have you been able to play any games recently, or has well, it been?
0: Business? no, actually, actually, I don't. I haven't played any of the new games, but actually a, a few months ago when I was in town I went to a friend's birthday party and part of the party was that then, in one of the corners they had an old school NES like the original NES gaming system set up with all like those old Zelda cartridges all those cartridges were set up. I still had them they still they still worked. I mean you had to you know how you have to open the gate and finesse the cartridge in there and then get it down just the right way and then get the, you know and we had to do that but they I was so we were playing uh we were playing Metroid we were playing Contra uh, all these great old games. I think we. What's the Contra code? It's like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, or whatever it is to get the oh. all, the extra guys, so you can finish. We were doing all that, man. It was great. We we had we spent the entire night playing all these old games, which, again, for me, is that's my childhood. That's where I, you know, it was Super Mario Brothers, and, and I remember beating all those games in the nights and where I, I remember whose house I was at and who I was playing with and everything else. So, those games are. Are a big part of of my childhood, so that was. <laughs> I'm still awful. I'm still terrible at those games, you know. Even with the old square controller, um, I needed a lot of help. But you, you pick up pretty quick. That was a blast, man. That was so much fun. I, uh, I, it almost made me want to go back out and try to go get, like, buy a retro NES gaming system or something, you know, just to have around the house.
1: Hey, maybe that's what you could. Uh, we could put together like a contra movie. I could see you playing maybe one of those contra guys. That'd be cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Those guys always reminded they're like little Rambo guys, you know, they're just like running around doing their thing with the tanks. That was uh, that was a fun that was a fun game. Yeah. I I mean I literally have friends who grew up, even girlfriends who grew up playing in, in college, who have little like quilted Contra like things that they hang on their wall. I mean people have crocheted Contra blankets and stuff. I mean it's it's insane. Oh, Some people just really get into it. It's awesome. So what's coming up next for you? Well, I'm uh, now I'm I'm back in town for a little bit. I'm going to be um, uh, I'm starting a, a a project, a small project, a, a small film project that I'm going to be producing. I'll also be acting in it, and I'm working on that with a good writer director team, uh, a couple friends that I've been close with for a number of years here in town, and we've decided to start doing a couple projects together. And after that, I leave. Um, we're going to start that project, then I leave over. I'm going on a couple other out of out of town adventures. I'm going to head down to South America in uh, in December and uh, do some diving. I'm going to dive in the Galapagos Islands and hike the the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. I think uh, I've been wanting to get down there for a number of years. And then I got to head to um, where do I go? January I think is Indonesia. I'm heading to Indonesia on another adventure in January. And then when I get back, it's uh, back to town and start shooting again. So we're gonna start uh, working on a couple uh, of those projects that I'm uh, that I'm producing, and those will probably be um, you know, like the Sundance or Tribeca film festivals, places like that. That's probably where they will uh, where they'll end up to start with and then you never know you know the jobs here uh, especially town in in LA you you just there's stuff that comes and goes all the time so whatever else fills in those gaps I'll be I'll be there I'll be a part of it on top of staying like I said staying in touch with uh, having my my agent management team stay in touch with all the uh, the people who are getting ready hopefully to put an uncharted you know movie together and get that franchise off the ground
1: yeah awesome and we, and yeah. we definitely love to see that so uh, we're, we'll definitely be keeping up on everything that's going on on with you, and and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to get some some news, some good news. Because I mean, even even if it doesn't end up being everything, you know, hopefully there'll be something, and and that we'll be able to see see yeah. some you know, some kind of project uh, along with that. Because I think that that would be awesome, and I'm sure that that the fans would love to see that. But yeah, I
0: mean, I, I'd love to. I'd love to see it as well. I, I, I'll be stoked to be a part of it, and I'd love to see it in any capacity. But you're right. I think the fans deserve to have that that film made. You know. Yeah, so, definitely. I'm rooting for. It, I'm for, rooting for it just uh, just as much as <laughs> as everybody else is. Well, you know,
1: definitely. You know, I was gonna say that that you know your life especially what with everything that's going on is a life that you know a lot of us guys wanna live but as you said it's not something that is unattainable you know anyone can go out and, and do it all they have to do by getting out the house and, and start making those those uh, those moves and, and it starts just by getting up <laughs> so yeah
0: yeah and you, you know you can it is it is attainable by anybody and you can have everything it doesn't mean you have to give up if you, if you're a, if you're a hardcore gamer continue to be a hardcore gamer just just maybe roll in a little bit more with it if you already like to be outdoors then just figure out how to get out and go explore a little bit more you know it's it's. you don't have to change your entire life to do the, those kinds of things there's you know there's extreme examples of everything but have, yeah having a little bit of it balance out I think is great that's you know I, I look forward to seeing a lot more of you guys out just meeting me out in the middle of uh, nowhere hanging out you know that's, uh, that's what it's all about so more people out there the better I say
1: yeah that's right. I mean this man guys I mean he acts he games extreme sports does it all Ryan. thanks for coming on and talking with us. We hope to have you back on the show soon but, Yeah, uh, Jay, we we
0: my awesome yeah and you know tell everybody to stay in touch too you know when they're uh get get on uh get on Twitter and follow around and and let your voice be heard both about the the film what you want to see. Let people hear that. Uh, that's great, and you can always connect through my Twitter uh, uh, profile as well. If if that helps, you know, you get the get the word out. I'll repost stuff for you as well. So. And that's yeah. at
1: Ryan underscore Eric Culver dot com, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter and say hi. Love to hear from you.
1: All right, awesome. All right, guys, we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Obsolete Gamer Show. But until then, remember our motto: Never stop gaming. And we're gonna add another one. Get out and have some adventures outside of gaming as well. All right, guys? We'll be back soon. All right.